project Taryag, day 22. We're holding my mitzvah Kuf Lamed 130, and that's the mitzvah of Ashava The mitzvah to return something which was stolen. The reason for the mitzvah is obvious. The person has something which doesn't belong to him. So, of course, the Torah is Mechayev him to return it. The Pasuk says, The person has to return something which was stolen, which he stolen, and stolen his possession. And the person can't then decide to replace with something else. If he still has the stolen object, which is, hasn't changed since when he took it, so it really still belongs to the person he stole it from. And therefore, he has to return the object itself. However, if the object he stole is no longer in the same condition it was when he stole it, what the Gemara calls a shinui, it's undergone a significant change, then he has to replay the money that it was worth and not the object itself. This wouldn't make a difference whether the item in question got better or got worse because of the shinui. Or if the shinui happened because he caused it, or it happened by itself. So for example, if a person would steal wool and dye it, so it's no longer the same white wool that he stole, or a person would steal thread and make it into clothing. So even though it's improved, but it's no longer the item he stole, he wouldn't have to return the clothing or the wool, or something in reverse. If a person would steal uh, wood and chop it into pieces, or burn it, so then it wouldn't be something he could return the same way he stole, he would have to pay the value of what he stole. But something which was changed and can be returned to its original state. So, for example, a person steals planks of wood and nails them together, since they can be separated and returned to the original state, they'll have to be returned like that. What's the amount that a person's chayev to return? Similar to what's the amount that a person's chayev on me'ila, which means misuse of the Besamekdash's property, is the smallest amount of money in the money system at the time, which was a shavit prutza. Less than that, even though it's obviously also to take from somebody, it doesn't belong to him, but the Torah can't have repayment because it doesn't have a money value. And such a minuscule amount, the understanding is by Jews that they would be made on such a small amount and therefore less than the Prutza, they would, he wouldn't be able to claim invest in to be returned to him. The dinner of the Shavit Prutza depends on the time it was stolen, not on its value now. And that's why the Gemara says if a person stole three items which at the time he stole them were each worth a Prutza, and now they're devalued and all three together only with two Prutzas, he would still have to return all three. There's another din as well, and that is if the owner is misyaish, which means he gives up hope of ever finding or getting his object returned to him, that doesn't uh, allow the gazlan or the ganav to keep what was stolen, they still have to return it. As long as it's in the possession of the person who stole it, or the heirs, assuming that person is no longer alive. But if, the, if after the owner gave up hope of finding it again, the Ghana would then sell it to a third party. That party wouldn't have to return the item to its original owner. The Ghana would still be responsible to pay back the money value of what he stole. Now, that's the Dindaraisa. Because people who had stolen would therefore not be so quick to do chiva because it wasn't always easy or practical for them to return the item itself which was stolen. The case the Gemara gives is if a person stole a beam of wood and it built it into his house, and now it's very hard to remove it. So, the Chachamim established what's called the Kona Shashavim, 
and that is anything that the Ganav steals and he has improved it or changed it after it was stolen, if the owner has been misyash, which means the owner didn't expect to get it back anymore, then it's enough to do tshuva and replace the value, even if he's not replacing that, the item itself. Even though the Torah would still require him to give it back, when it comes to issues of money, the Torah gives authority to based in to make decisions uh, regarding money for the benefit of establishing a, establishing a judicial system. And that's what the Gemara says, that Hefka Basin, Hefka Basin have the right to render people's property onerous, if that's what they, need, they see the need to do. Now, if the Shini Rishus preceded the Yush, which means at first the Gazlan sold it, and only after that the Bailim were Misyash, there's a Machlagus in the Rishonim, if the Bailim could go and claim it from the second owner or not, the way the Chinuch passes in this, as long as it's Yush, then you can only claim money. But uh, in a case where a person buys something from a well-known Ganav, in other words, the person is aware that he's buying stolen property, if that's the case, the, the Nignav, the person that the item was stolen from, is allowed to come to the buyer and ask to be paid for the value of the item which the buyer now has, and then it's the responsibility of the buyer to go back to the cousin who sold it to him and take him to Din about that. But if the guy, it wasn't known that it was stolen property or that the person selling was a Ganav, in a case like that, the claim of the person who was stolen from would only be with the Ganav if, if he's already been with and not with the buyer. How much is a person Chayev to... To travel in order to return Gneva to the person who was stolen from. So the halacha is, which is a very far country, the person would have to make the effort to take the money there to return to the person it belongs to. In cases where that wasn't practical or we were scared that the person wanted to shiver, so based on allow him to give the money to the based in and let the person who was stolen from know that the money is waiting for them in based in and then therefore when he has opportunity. So it will be available to him in the best day. If the price changes between the time of the item was stolen to when the gunner wants to return it, that's not called the shinny. And therefore, the, the original item is still excellent. You have to give it back regardless of the change of its value now. Same thing if the halacha would change and it would become chomet after Pesach if the original item is still in existence. The Lach is he would be allowed to return it. The mitzvah of returning a stolen item applies in all times and places, both for men and women. And if a person doesn't return an item he's stolen, so he's been battle this mitzvah say, besides for the original Aver, he did by stealing it. And the Khinak finishes, A person has opportunity to rectify the wrongdoing he's done, and he doesn't do that before he dies, so that's a pity because he's going to go up to the base in Shalmailo with all these crimes in his in, in, in his hand which will then get punished by Shemayin. Mitzvah Kufla Medalef and that's the mitzvah of removing the ash from the Mizbech we call Shemayin and this was done every day, first of all of the day, a coin was designated and his job was to go into the Mizbech and remove some of the ash from the fire 
which had uh, burnt all the avarim, all the organs of the Korbanus, during the course of the, the previous night and the previous day. And the reason for the mitzvah is, like everything the Beis Mikdash says the Chinuch, in order to give a certain chashivus, reverence, importance to the Beis Mikdash, and therefore it's a certain respect for the Mizbeach that the ashes is removed, and besides for that, there's a chinuch that without ash to clog up the fire, it will burn better, and never will be more able to burn the parts of the carbonus which need to be burnt. Kremisadation is in the void which can only be done by a coin. He needs to be wearing the big deck of hundred, the special regarding the coin when he does the Kremisadation. But, being as removing ash is considered less of an important job than offering sacrifices, so the, the clothing he would wear to the, for the Kremisadation would be of a lesser quality than the clothing he'd wear for other avoiders. Then from the Pasuk it says, They're different class. Right. The original day of Tremsedation was to take a certain amount of the ash off the Mizbech. There was a place next to Mizbech called the Makamadation where it was deposited. And there's a second then, and that is when they would remove all the ash from the Mizbech and take it outside the Besamekdash altogether. The time to the Tremsedation was before the daily Aveda began. In the normal day, that means before daybreak, before Rosh Hashachar. And on the Mayadin, the mission tells us they would still do it from the, in the last part of the night. And on Yom Kippur, they would do it at Chatzos, which means at midnight. The way the mission describes the Avodah is that the first Kohen who was chosen would go into the Beis Mikdash, wash his hands and feet from the Kiyar, like any Avodah needed. That his hands and feet should be washed. He would then take a silver scoop, which was between, was next to between the ramp and the mizbech. He would climb to the top of the mizbech, separate the coals which are still burning, scoop up the ashes from the coals which already burned themselves out, come back down the ramp and put the coals that he had gathered in the makamadashin which was next to the side of the ramp. Once he'd done that, all the other koinim who were ready and had done who had done kiddushidayim raglaim would also take these scoops, carved to his back, and finish the job of separating all the ashes from the marakha, from the fire, and they would add all those ashes to what was called the tapuach, which means like the mound of ash, which was in the middle of the mizbech, until it got too big, in which case they would remove a lot of that ash and take it out of the base of Mikdash. The smitzah only applies to male koinim who can do avoid, and only when there's a base of Mikdash, and like any mitzvah if a person doesn't do it, he's mevatal a mitzvah Mitzvah Kuflamid Beis, and that is the mitzvah of lighting a fire on Mizbech every day. It says, H. Tommy Tukra Mizbech, which means a constant fire has to burn on the Mizbech. And the way that the Gemara explains the, the way to fulfill this mitzvah is to add wood to the Mizbech every day. It's called Gizri Eitzim. And they would do it twice a day before the Karbun Atami, according to the Chinuch, which means both in the morning and at night. It's a bit of a discussion in Shonim, but it's twice a day, just once a day in the morning. And that would ensure the continuation of the fire burning on the Mizbech. And even though we know that the fire from the Mizbech really came down from Shemaim, says the Gemara, nevertheless, there's mitzvah, the Havi Minahadiot, which means we have to do the acronyms over here to, to provide the fuel for the fire to burn. Right. And the reason why this is a separate mitzvah, because either way around you have to burn the Korbanus, and therefore the mitzvah to burn the the murim the inlands of the carbon were a mechayvus to light the fire. We understand from this that there was a mitzvah of having a fire that in the mizbech 
even when it wasn't actively burning parts of Karbanis. And the reason for that says the Chinuch, Kinisim Gdali Mashayasa Kel Obne Adam Betovia Godol, the Olam Yasa Derech Saisa. Kinisim Mashem does for people, he often does in a way which is hidden, and therefore it looks to the casual observer as if it's being done in a natural sense. And Hashem's involvement isn't readily apparent. The Chinuk gives an amazing rhyme. He says, even Kriyat Yamsuf, which we always look at as being one of the most obvious miracles there were, nevertheless, the Pasuk says before that, that Hashem had a very strong east wind blow the whole night before Kriyat Yamsuf, and then the, the, the sea split. The reason for that? But in order to so, make people maybe think in some way, there was some natural reason for Kriyat Yamsuf. And same thing, says the Chinuch, that the idea we have to make a final Mizbech, even though really the fire comes from Shemaim, is because by, by providing firewood, it makes the nest less obvious. People don't see it so much as a nest. They think it's a regular fire that was lit over here. And then he says another point, that, the re- that besides for the reason to hide the miracle of lighting the fire, and that's why we light the fire of our own, says the Chinuch, a second point, that a person's misbarach, the fee what he does, that he is what is Isaac and Rasan Hashem, that's a source of a bracha for a person. Just like we saw by the Lechem upon him. And that is that we Isaac in preparing bread, so to speak, and the Mishra, which obviously Hashem doesn't need to eat, is a reason for Hashem to Mubarak in our food supply. And therefore, the opinion of making sure there's a constant fire on the Mizbech serves as a source of merit for a person, for his age, for his fire, and what's the fire, what's his fire. That's the nature of a person. Says the Chinuch, a concept which all the Rishayim of his time understood and held of, and that is that there are four elements within the human being. Fire, water, earth, and air. And the primary one, says the Chinuch, is the Esh, the, the, the fire in a person, because that's what causes them to move and to act. And therefore, so to speak, if a person keeps a constant fire on the Mizbech, Hashem will maintain his energy, his ability to act also, which is considered the fire in the person. The Chinuch explains also based on his understanding that if a person's fire, internal fire, is not strong enough, so he'll be weak, he won't be able to act, and if it's overly powerful, then he'll get sick, he'll get a fever. And therefore Hashem needs to regulate, so to speak, the, the, the level of the fire element within a person. And explains with the Chinuch, the sin of the two sons of Aaron, Nadav and Avil, that they brought an Esh Zara. He doesn't say that the crime was that they brought Keteria Zara, but they brought a foreign fire. And therefore the punishment for bringing an unnecessary fire was Hashem brought a fire to them, which would, which would have burnt them, so to speak, from the inside, and that's what they died from. The way it was brought was two logs of wood, Gizri ate him in the morning, and two in the afternoon. And Chinuch points out that in the morning one coin could bring it, but in the afternoon we needed two coins to bring the two gizrim. The, the Mishnah tells us that there are really three different pyres burning on the Mizbech. The first one called the Marocha Gedola was what they burnt the innards of the Korbanos on. The second one they used to make a smaller fire, and that was in order to produce coals which could be taken to burn the Keteris on, when they used to bring the Keteris on the inside of his back, they would take the coals from the second Marocha 
burning on the Mizbech Achitzon. And the third one was a, a fire burning just in order to maintain the steady fire on the Mizbech, the Mitzvah of there should always be a fire burning on the Mizbech. Chazal learned this out from the three times it says Eishan Mizbech or Eishan Mizbech in the Pasuk. It's referring to three separate fires all burning on the roof on the top of the Mizbech. This Mitzvah would also only apply to male Konim who could do the way in the time of the Besam Mikdash. And if a person would be Mivatul this Mitzvah, which the Chinuch explains as not lighting the third, so to speak, pyre, which was meant in order to maintain the Esh, then there would be Mivatul this Mitzvah Sase. Mitzvah Kuflamit Gimel, and that is the Mitzvah Leita say, and that is not to put out the fire in the Mizbech, it says Leitichbe. One shouldn't extinguish the fire on the Mizbech. And the same reason we had for the Maila of lighting the fire will obviously reply why a person shouldn't extinguish the fire. Right. And that is even if a person would take coals which were burning off in his back and extinguish them, he would be over in this Isra. But fire which wasn't meant for the Mizbech, so if, for example, coals if it was taken for the Kutaris, then if we put, put those coals out, he wouldn't be hive in this Isra because those weren't meant for the fire on the Mizbech. And this mitzvah also only applies to Kohenim and the Besam Mikdash. And later I say, which means not to put out the fire, would apply to anybody. So even if it's not normal for an Yisrael or let's say a lady to be on the Mizbech, to put out the fire on the Mizbech, if they would do that, then there would be Chayv on this Israel and get Malchus for the action of putting out the fire on the Mizbech. And lastly, it doesn't have to be the entire fire on the Mizbech, even if a person puts out Amazing, just one call of the five minutes back, they would also get Malchus. Mitzvah Kuflam Adalid, and that is the Mitzvah and the Koenim to eat the remains of the Mincha after the handful of the Koenimits was brought in the Mizbech, the remains of a Mincha brought by a Jew was eaten by the Koenim. And the Passover says, What remains from the Karbanis should be eaten by Aaron and his children, the male Koenim. And we learn that a Chiyuv, not just a mission, but that they have to eat it. Just like we saw by the Korbanus, that there's a mitzvah on the Kohenim to eat the parts of the Korban Chatos, which weren't burnt in the Mizbech, because you said it's a cover for the Korban, that those who are serving Hashem should be the ones to partake of it, serving a place over here to the Mincha. So only a place to the Mincha of Yisrael, the Mincha of a Kohen, whether it's a regular Kohen or the Kohen Gadol, is completely burnt on the Mizbech. A female coin, her mincha is like the mincha of a Jew, and therefore the coin is burnt and the rest is eaten. And this mitzvah only applies in Tandavis and Migdash to male coinim, who are allowed to eat the menachas, and if a coin, the mazid, did not eat a mincha, a mincha which he was meant to do, he's been vital this mitzvah, so I say. Mitzvah kuflamid hay, and that is not to make the remains of the menachas chomets. It says, You can't make them in Nachos' Chomets. And Chelkom, even the part which Nasati Osama Isha, which I gave them to eat from the Korban. And the way the Chazal explained the Pasuk is that even the part of the Korban of the Mincha can't be made into Chomets. Similarly, if it's already become Chomets and the person makes it rise more, it's called Mechamets Acher Mechamets. It causes a second level of Chomets. So it's Chayav on that. But if the mincha is not ready to eat, it's possible that then there's no isa making the chametz. The isa only applies to a mincha which is kosher. This mitzvah applies 
in the time of the Mikdash, to whoever would make the Menachah, Menachah Chometz, whether man or woman, and if a person does it for me, he'd be Chayef Malkus.